We meet today in Galatians chapter 6, looking at verse 6 to verse 10. In our last study of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 5, we looked at the subject concerning uh, the burdens that you can share and the burdens that you must bear alone. However, we ended highlighting that there is also the burden of personal sin, which is too heavy for you, a burden that you cannot bear, but it is only Christ who can bear that burden. Paul urging the Galatian believers to hand over the burden of sin, of personal sin, to Christ Jesus. We are still talking about saved by faith and the fruit of the Spirit presents Christian character. So the Apostle Paul continues to exhort the Galatian believers to provide for their teachers and to persevere without wavering in doing good work, being assured that everyone will reap as he sowed. You see, the principle of reaping what you sow applies now. That is what Paul is talking about in these a few verses, verse 6 to verse 10 of Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verse 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, Christians are to share their material possessions with their teachers. Ministers, pastors, evangelists, must of necessity be compensated for the loss of income sustained in fulfilling their pastoral and ministerial responsibilities. You see, this verse is probably the bluntest verse in the Bible. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Paul is really putting it on the line. The Greek word Koinonia here is translated share. It means sharing, taking part, sharing the things of Christ together. And Paul is blandly saying this, pay your preacher, pay your pastor, bless your pastor. If someone ministers to you spiritually and your spiritual benefits are coming from that person, you must minister to that person with material benefits. If God has blessed you materially and you are being blessed by someone spiritually, then you ought to minister to that person with material benefits. This is a biblical truth. It's a biblical principle. And this is put on a grace basis of sharing. But believe me, my friend, if you go into a grocery store and buy bread and meat and you go by the checkpoint stand without paying for it, you are in trouble. You have to pay. Now, there are many people who are ministered to spiritually, but when they go to the checkout counter, they don't share. No one thinks anything about it. The word of God says that you are to share with those who minister to you. And someone will say, well, maybe... Asafa, you are speaking like that because you are a pastor, because you want us to pay you. I am saying this is the principle of the word of God. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that 
he will also reap. Almost this is building upon the principle of pay the preacher. If God is blessing you spiritually, you must bless materially the one who ministers to you spiritually. But even as you do so, do it in a way that you know that you are not mocking God because it is God who knows how he has blessed you. It's not about the preacher to know how much you have. God knows. And so this is why with the same measure that God has blessed us, with that same measure we bless others. To disobey God's commands and then escape divine punishment would be to outwit God, thus making a mockery of him and his word. And contextually, the Galatians cannot disregard the command to support their Christian instructors, their pastors, their teachers. They cannot disregard it and then escape divine judgment. Basically, he is saying, you will be held accountable. The chickens will come home to roost. What you sow, that you will reap. Now, this is one of those remarkable verses in scripture, Galatians 6 verse 7. It is an unchallengeable law that operates in every sphere of life. In agriculture and in horticulture, if you sow corn, you get corn. If you sow cotton, you reap cotton. In the moral sphere, you also reap what you sow. In the book of Matthew chapter 13, the Lord Jesus Christ told about a sower who went to sow. He also told about a reaper who went to reap. One day a visitor in a jail passed by a cell where a man was patching his prison costume with a needle and thread. The visitor wanting to begin a conversation with the prisoner said, What are you doing, sir? Sewing? The prisoner looked up and replied, No, reaping. You see, that is the point of this verse. He was reaping. He was reaping. In prison there, he was reaping what he had sown. You reap what you sow. The principle stated here is immutable, unchangeable, invariable, unalterable, and it cannot be revoked. It cannot be changed even one iota. And it is applicable to every sphere and field of life. When you sow wheat, you will get wheat. You will never pick a squash off a walnut tree or even out of a mango tree. Sometimes even a watermelon vine extends out maybe 20 feet in one direction, but it has never been known to make the mistake of putting a pumpkin on the end of it. It will always put a watermelon out there. You sow and you reap. What you sow is what you reap. Wheat was found even in the tombs of Egypt that was put there 5,000 years ago. They planted it and it came up as wheat because in the seed is the ability to simply produce in one direction of its kind. In 5,000 years, the seed did not forget that it was wheat. What you sow, you will reap. And that will never change, my friend. There are many Bible men. There are many people who illustrate even this principle. One of them is Jacob, whose story is told in Genesis 27 all the way to chapter 29. Jacob deceived his father Isaac. 
he put on a goat skin and pretended to be his brother Esau, who was a hairy outdoor man. He did this in order to receive the blessing given to the oldest son. After deceiving his father, Jacob ran away and lived with his uncle Laban for several years. He thought he had gotten away with deceiving his father. And in his mind, the years had made God forgotten. But remember that God says, what you sow, you will reap. You won't reap something similar. You will reap the identical thing that you sow. What happened to Jacob? Well, while he is there under Uncle Laban, he fell in love with Rachel, Laban's youngest daughter. He saved seven years for her as dowry or bride prize. They had the wedding, and when he lifted the veil, what did he have? He did not have Rachel, the younger daughter. He had Leah, the older daughter. Now, I have a notion that Jacob learned a real lesson on his honeymoon there. He had deceived his father by pretending to be the older son when he was actually the younger one. Now his uncle gave him the older daughter when he thought he was getting the younger daughter. Believe me, the chickens do come home to roost. Here Jacob is reaping what he had sown. The principle remains true. In First Kings chapter 21, there is also the story of Ahab and Jezebel and their murderous plot to take Naboth's vineyard. Ahab coveted Naboth's vineyard, but Naboth did not want to sell his land. But since Ahab and Jezebel were king and queen, they usually took what they wanted. Jezebel had Naboth killed and Ahab took possession of the vineyard. They thought they would get away with their evil deed, but God sent Elijah to them with a warning message. Thus says the Lord, in the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. First Kings 21 verse 19. Now, my friend, later on, Laban was wounded in battle. He told his chariot driver to take him out of the battle, and the blood from his wound ran out into the chariot. After the battle, he was brought back to Samaria, and there in a pool of blood, in the pool of Samaria, they washed the chariot, and the dogs licked up the blood. Another example is even of David. David thought he had gotten away with his sin when he committed adultery with Uriah's wife and even orchestrated a plan to eliminate Uriah. He thought he had gotten away with it. But later on, even his own son Amnon raped Tamar, her sister. The chickens were coming home. To roost. In the New Testament, we have the example of the Apostle Paul. He was a leader in the stoning of Stephen. And after his convention, after his conversion, when he was over in the Galatian country, he too was stoned. 
You may think that because he was converted and his sins were forgiven and he would not reap what he had sown. But it is a law of God that whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Even after Paul had repented, he reaped what he had sown. Now I wish young people would realize the truth of this principle. Many of them are taking drugs. Many of them are trying to satisfy themselves by indulging in sex, free love. Some of them are already beginning to reap the results of what they have sown. HIV and AIDS is threatening to wipe out Africa and the world. The number one cause of HIV and AIDS infections is sexual immorality. Venereal diseases have reached epidemic proportions in many African nations, and there is an alarming rise even in mental disorders. Why? 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 God says that you will not get by with sin, regardless of how many pills you take. Look how corruption started with just a few, and now every nation seem to have an anti-corruption commission because corruption is a terrible graft that is eating away the very fiber of our morality. What is happening? We are reaping what we have sown. God will not be mocked, so says Paul. When you scorn, you reap scorn. When you are corrupt, you reap corruption. When you are a dictator, you reap even uh, violent uh, dealings with people. When you sow sin, that is what you will reap. Well, someone say, may say, but I, I'm now converted. That is wonderful. But you are still going to have a payday someday. You will still reap what you have sown. Galatians 6 verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, sowing to the flesh means to conduct yourself by the evil dictates and desires of the sinful nature, thus practicing the deeds of the flesh, enumerated in Galatians 5, 19-21. Sowing to the Spirit means to live by his enabling help in accord with the Spirit's prompting and leading, thus cultivating the fruit of Galatians 5, verse 22 and verse 23. Reaping everlasting life includes the fruit of the Spirit in this life and the glorious prospect of the future. Now, I think many Christians really ought to be fearful of the return of Christ for his own because it is then that we shall go before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the things done in the flesh. My friend, you may be saved, but it may still be very embarrassing for you in that day when you will have to give an account of your life to him. Are you building with that which will not be bent? Will you not be ashamed, though you will be saved, but as coming through fire? John mentions the fact that it is possible to be ashamed at his appearing in First John chapter 2, verse 28. If you are going to live in the flesh, 
you will produce the things of the flesh. That does not, however, mean that you will lose your salvation, but it does mean that you will lose your reward, which will make it a day of shame and regret when you stand before the King of glory. God has put up a red light. Now he puts up a green light. Here are words of comfort and encouragement. Listen to them. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Galatians 6 verse 9. Now, that verse is basically saying, since it is only a matter of time before the Christian shall reap divine reward, then he is not to be weary in doing good. Let me encourage you, my friend, to sow the right kind of seed. Be patient and you will reap what you have sown. If you don't like the reaping, change the crop. If you don't like the food, change the recipe. You see, change what you are putting into the ground. In other words, change the basic ingredients. Even if things seem to be difficult, be patient. Just keep on sowing. You may have problems and difficulties today, but just keep on sowing the word of God. The Lord Jesus has promised, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. That is from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and verse 11. Remember that Abraham believed God, and he walked with him in the land of Canaan. The Canaanites, wicked and adulterous, was in the land. A son, Isaac, was born to Abraham. When Isaac became a young man, Abraham took him to the top of Mount Moriah. In obedience to God's command, Abraham prepared to offer his son as a sacrifice. God, however, did not let him go through with it. Abraham sowed to the Spirit, and he reaped life everlasting. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. Because of the terrible times in which they lived, she devised a plan to save Moses' life, and he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. By God's wonderful arrangement, Jochebed was able to be his nursemaid while he was young. Undoubtedly, she taught Moses about God and his call to Abraham and about his purpose for Israel. Then she saw her boy grow up like an Egyptian. All Egypt was against her. The culture of Egypt, the pleasure of Egypt, the philosophy of Egypt, the religion of Egypt. But there came a day when Moses forsook the pleasures and the sins of Egypt and went out to take his place with God's people. Jochebed reaped what she had sown. We also have an illustration of the principle in the life of David. His sin was glaring and many people Think of him as being a cruel, sinful man. But sin did not characterize David's life. It is interesting that 
a drop of black ink on a white tablecloth can be seen from a long distance, but a drop of black ink on a black suit could never be noticed. Now, other kings during that period of time were so bad that when they committed sin, such as David did, it would not be noticed. But David in his life, it stands out like a horrible blot. David had a heart for God. Even in his confession, he reveals his hunger and thirst for God. But David sowed sin and he reaped a terrible harvest in the lives of his own children. We reap what we sow, my friend. So the word is important to listen to. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Galatians 6 verse 10 Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, owing to the certainty of being divinely rewarded, believers are urged to seize every opportunity to do good work. Contextually, doing good refers to the ministry of restoration in bringing back one who is in a fault, bearing one another's burdens, supporting teachers, pastors, preachers, sowing to the Spirit that is living in accord with the leading of the Spirit of God, and then general perseverance. Believers are to minister first to them, to those who are of the household of faith, and this is referring to Christians, and then second, to the rest of the world. Now, I believe in doing good, but you have to have the right foundation under the good deeds. When the foundation is the right one, then you do good deeds. They are built on a proper foundation, then they have point. The right foundation is the gospel of the grace of God and walking in the Spirit of God. When you walk in the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit of God is produced. Then, my friend, you are going to do good. You will do good for all men, especially for other believers. Let us not grow weary. Let us seize every opportunity and do good, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.